Welcome to Corizant Technologies, home of the Digital Executive Podcast. Welcome to the Digital Executive. Today's guest is Vladislav Ginsberg. Vladislav Ginsberg is the Chief Executive Officer at Block Party. Ginsberg leads the company's transition into collectible NFTs, or non-fungible tokens, among the art, music, and sports genres. Earlier, Ginsberg was Chief Business Development Officer at Block Party Tickets, where he introduced blockchain as a ticketing system to music festivals and professional sports teams, including with the Sacramento Kings of the NBA. Before entering the blockchain and entertainment spaces, Ginsberg managed a fine art fund where he transacted more than $100 million in blue-chip artworks. Ginsberg studied at Miami University in Oxford, Ohio, as well as the New School in New York. Well, good afternoon, Vlad. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Brian. It's a privilege to be here and a pleasure to speak to you today. Awesome. I appreciate it. And uh, this is a Friday, so we both have a lot of energy, probably a little bit tired from the long work week. But what's exciting is we're going to get into some blockchain stuff. So I'm pretty stoked about that. And so, Vlad, we're going to jump right into the questions. So looking at your background, uh, you've been in venture capital, fine arts, blockchain, and now you're the chief executive officer for Block Party. Could you share with our audience what drives you and what has contributed to your success? Yes, sir. And and thank you for such a thoughtful question. And, you know, busy week and all talking about all those things, venture capital, fine art, blockchain, that is what drives me. So it's a joy to talk about it any day. My background, you know, I, I entered into the workforce out of college right around the time that the, the world was going to a global recession. So looking for finance work around 2008 uh, seemed pretty daunting. And and my time in at my time in New York, looking around at all the things that I can do and and finding work where I could in finance, I've always been interested in fine art. I've always been interested in collectibles. I um, I entered into the fine art world really working with the financial advisors to galleries, auction houses, high net worth individuals that collect art to help them evaluate their fine art as, you know, where it fits into their portfolio of other assets. And I quickly became aware of the business of fine art and how these things are really truly assets as they live on somebody's balance sheet, as they live in in um in their portfolio of investments. And yet they're never referred to as such. And I became very interested in the intersection of fine art as well as the business of fine art. Shortly thereafter, I really started working and being very passionate about the art itself. I started becoming a collector. And being a collector led me into collecting professionally. And I became, well, really an art dealer. And because that's when I started selling and buying professionally. Eventually, I came to combine a number of clients who were collectors into a investment vehicle and operated a fine art fund, which grew up to over $100 million under management, which was um, which is, was an exciting time because during these years, 2010, 2011, 2012, 13, et cetera, the contemporary art market was absolutely exploding. And from the point of view as a business person and collector, being around the business, catching up to the capital that was flowing into it was just fascinating. And learning about the business of collectorship and the business of finance in the fine art world it is really a precursor to a lot of what's happening today in collectibles and art uh, finding their way onto onto the blockchain. And we can talk about that in a little bit. But where um, I did intersect with the blockchain space is, is with the finance background. I did continue to find opportunities to invest in businesses. And I began to learn about Bitcoin and blockchain technology around 2013. 
after a few years of learning and enjoying those things as a hobby, it was around 2016 that I became, you know, passionate enough about this hobby that I began to explore blockchain as a um, as a career pivot. Great. No, I appreciate the transition you had to do. You know, I know it's always hard coming out of school and and trying to land that great job, but when the recession has hit. Uh, it's hard to traverse, and we appreciate the share of your story and, and how you got into this and, and the fine art. So, Vlad, as you know, everybody globally has had to make major shifts during this new normal, right? Could you share with us what you're doing to help your company stay relevant in this economy? Absolutely, Brian. And by the way, to your question of what drives me, keeping this company afloat is what does drive me all the time. You know, we've been saying in... Um, at Block Party, and let me share more about Block Party. Block Party was founded with the idea that non-fungible tokens, which is a token, which is a type of token that could exist on a blockchain, should be applied to the ticketing industry, since um, the technology could, in theory, prevent or fix a lot of the consumer woes associated with event ticketing, as especially as ticketing moves to a digital and digitally native type of business. And we expanded from ticketing to really art, collectibles, anything digital that could live on a blockchain around uh, the middle part of 2019. So something that we were saying in 2019, as we were talking to all the same uh, music festivals, artists, art galleries, sports teams, et cetera, is that your fans interact with your brand digitally all the time. And a lot of what these brands do is really visual and artistic in nature. Think about the musicians that go on tour and how much time and effort they spend on their stage design, how much time and effort they spend on the design of their merchandise, of posters, of all the paraphernalia that surrounds their brand. Uh, The same is true of sports teams and how much artistry goes into uh, the things that they do to represent the team's brands. And and by the way, the fans, in this case, the fans, the fans tend to be art collectors and they don't really realize it. And that's something I saw from my experience in the fine art world, as well as the music and events world. The price points are different. The objects they're collecting are different, but the collectorship looks an awful lot like each other in both cases. Fans save ticket stubs. Fans save a t-shirt from a concert they went to 20 years ago for 20 years. Sports fans are probably the greatest collectors of all. Hang on to ephemera from the year that they that their team won a championship or the pennant i don't mean to you know break the fourth wall here for our listeners brian but i think there you might be one of them i think i saw in the background you might be nursing a, a football you know from one such season yep kansas city uh-huh the chiefs uh-huh that's right and so a uh, collectorship is alive and well outside of art all across all sorts of verticals and so a lot of fans have a physical football on a, on a drawer somewhere. But a lot of fans, especially our younger fans, are mostly interacting with these brands on social media, are mostly interacting with these brands in digital formats. Gaming is big. And so we've been saying since 2019 to everyone that'll listen to us that there's a way to monetize that. There's a way, because they're not, they're not monetizing Instagram and they're not monetizing these digital means of communicating their brand. But there's a way you can do that. A blockchain can help confer original ownership of a digital asset. And so what we were hearing back from a lot of these brands was 
hey, that's great. But every event is sold out. Every, you know, our fans are engaged. Things are, things are good. Uh, let's talk, you know, this all sounds very futuristic. Let's keep in touch. We had some success, of course. We had the privilege of launching the Sacramento Kings token uh, for the Kings in 2019. That was exciting. And we've done, we were able to do a lot of interesting things. And actually, once this horrible pandemic hit, suddenly stadiums were empty, events canceled, postponed, et cetera. And our, the, the brands we were talking to were the ones that were trying to figure out how to stay above water. And they came back to us to be like, hey, wait a minute. Like, what, how, now that everybody's at home, how can we engage our fans digitally? How can we sell something digitally that confers real value and ownership? And so while Block Party is certainly not immune to the challenges of 2020, transitioning to remote work, you know, building an MVP far from one another, and also losing a lot of our existing events business, we did find our, our, ourselves in a place now where there's a, there's a much greater actionable interest in what we do than there was before. Great. I appreciate the share on that and, and what you're doing to rise to the challenge during these times. And Vlad, I'd like to uh, focus on the last question here really is because we this platform is all about technology and I'd like to kind of get into the blockchain. You're obviously leveraging some new and emerging tech in your tech stack. Is there something there that you might be able to share with our audience? Absolutely. And let's get right into our tech stack. Um, the I, I mentioned the word non-fungible token or the phrase non-fungible token. So let me give a little bit more clarity on what that means, because even a lot of folks very familiar with tech and even familiar with blockchain may not be necessarily familiar with this particular use case of the blockchain. Uh, when we talk about blockchain technology, the first thing that often comes to mind is Bitcoin. And Bitcoin is a P2P cash system. It's a transfer value system. And it's a deflationary transfer of value system because there may only ever be 21 million Bitcoins. So as more and more Bitcoins are generated uh, from the exchange of them, we get ever closer to there being no more new Bitcoins able to be produced. Now, a non-fungible token is a totally unique token that has nothing to do with any other token. Whereas Bitcoin may only ever have 21 million Bitcoins, a non-fungible token is a totally unique token on the blockchain. And its value is only derived from its uniqueness. And that is the heart of what we do at Block Party. That uniqueness speaks to collectibles. That uniqueness speaks to art. That uniqueness speaks to music. And so most of what is happening right now, and there is a great deal of interest in non-fungible tokens, is happening on the Ethereum blockchain. The Ethereum blockchain is the one of the various blockchains that created the token standard, the ERC-721 token standard known as a non-fungible token. A lot of the art being sold, a lot of the collectibles being sold online as NFTs are happening on Ethereum. Where Block Party's tech stack is a little bit different than anybody else's is that many others, many other NFT platforms are built directly on top of Ethereum because that's what Ethereum allows people to do. It allows people to build applications on top of the blockchain. The challenge becomes accessibility. Now, for people like myself or people in your audience that are familiar with blockchain, it's pretty, it's pretty intuitive to download an Ethereum wallet, use that Ethereum wallet to log into an Ethereum platform, 
and acquire non-fungible tokens that are Ethereum tokens. It's it's pretty, you know, it's pretty part and parcel for what the, the blockchain experience is. With Block Party, we really do work with popular culture brands in the music and art space. And so we are not, we don't have the luxury of assuming that our customers are crypto native or crypto savvy. So in our tech stack, we have uh, built an internal private blockchain. It's a digital asset management system with Web3 elements that connects itself to Ethereum and that connects itself to other blockchains. In that way, we consider ourselves blockchain agnostic. Because now a number of the different blockchains out there, Flow to name one, EOS to name another, Wax is a popular one, Near Protocol. There are new blockchains coming out all the time that have adapted themselves to be compatible with the NFT token standard. And so, but Block Party in our tech stack, we're blockchain agnostic. Every NFT begins with our own private blockchain. And then depending on the creator or the user's wishes, they can be withdrawn onto Ethereum. They can be withdrawn onto other blockchains. We do that because for two main reasons. Number one, by maintaining an internal private blockchain, we're also able to keep it real simple for the consumers. You don't need a crypto wallet to log in. You can log in with the username and password, and we generate and furnish you a crypto wallet that lives inside of our system. Number two, we allow the user to use credit cards um, in addition to cryptocurrency. We feel that a lot of users actually, traditionally, 70% of our sales take place with credit card and only about 30 with cryptocurrency. So we do want to make sure we enable payment options to the users. And then the second reason is that different businesses call for different blockchains. When it comes to fintech and it comes to things that I may have dealt with you know, when I do venture capital, blockchains can be very good for financial transactions. Bitcoin is the best one. When it comes to certain types of digital art on the blockchain, Ethereum is king. But when it comes to higher velocity type of tokens, when it comes to more consumer use cases, other blockchains may do the job. I encourage people to remember that blockchains are just programs, are just software. And you always want to ask a program to do something that it can do. Asking a program to do something that it may not do is going to lead you into some hot water. I tend to feel like. So the purpose of being blockchain agnostic, again, is to bring on the most possible clientele. What may work for the artist may not work for the musician, so on and so forth. Great. I appreciate that. I think that's awesome how you're opening this market up. I think, as you know, blockchain has many use cases now across different industries, but the fact that you're enabling blockchain in the art world or the fan base world is simply amazing. So I appreciate the share on that. And Vlad, I just want to let you know, it's been a pleasure having you on today. And I look forward to speaking with you real soon. Likewise. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for your thoughtful questions. And I look forward to listening to more episodes and uh, getting to know uh, your show better, Brian. And uh, really, thank you for having me. I really appreciate that. Bye for now. 